Hi, I'm Amara Freeman, DBH Public Relations Manager, and today's episode features Andrew Grucci, although we know him as Andy. Andy, a Deputy Director for Community and Behavioral Health and Recovery Services, will soon be retiring after a long and successful career with San Bernardino County and DBH. I'm honored to talk to him today before he leaves us. Welcome to the podcast, Andy. Hi, thank you, Amara. So, Andy, how long have you been with San Bernardino County and with DBH? I've been um, with both, with DBH and San Bernardino County, for just over 33 years. Wow. You only worked for DBH? Yes, I've only worked for DBH. Best department ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you had no reason to leave, really. so So that's great. Wow, 33 years. That's amazing. Tell us what you did when you started here and what you're doing now. Well, so, so you're asking me to go back to the 19, 1987, <laughs> what I did. So I got hired as a pre-licensed uh, MSW, um, what we call mental health clinician, for a new program providing uh, mental health services in San Bernardino County Central Juvenile Hall. So I worked my first three years with the county as an employee with, back then, the Department of Mental Health. Uh, but largely with a lot of individuals in the probation department. Now I'm the deputy director over uh, Community Behavioral Health and Recovery Services, which is a good name for a division to kind of capture the mission of what we hope to do. And that's all of our outpatient clinics that we operate as a county, our contract providers, all of our clubhouses, both the ones we operate and contract with, also includes our our best team, and, and then another large part of what our department does is our homeless and housing services. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely agree with you. That's a big chunk of what we do and a big integral part. So I know you have a lot on your plate. And so I'm curious to see how uh, that will be distributed when, once you're gone. But out, out of the positions that you've had here, which one do you think has been most impactful for you? For me, well, I, being deputy director has definitely been the most impactful um, for me because that was a position that um, it's a position that comes with a, a lot of responsibility, but a lot of opportunity. And I think the opportunity given by the leadership in our department, you, both under Cassania Thomas, who was director uh, when I was promoted to this position, and then Veronica Kelly, just a lot of um freedom and ability to work with the programs and to be able to manage and uh, design the programs and the resources to meet the needs of our consumers Mm -hmm. and given an opportunity to advocate for our different programs and to advocate for our our clubhouses and what a tremendous job they do. So it's been the most impactful. It also gives me the opportunity um, because I don't, I'm not a, I've never been a person where I've been very good at, at promoting myself, so to speak. Um, People tell me that through my career, but I got the opportunity to have a lot of great programs and uh, being able to be out there in the county, in our community and promoting uh, these great programs and what they do. And I think just real quickly, the best, one of the best memories I have on that was with uh, one of our previous board of supervisors, Supervisor Loving Good, when we were waiting on somebody from the state to come by, we met at the clubhouse 
uh, one of the clubhouses in Victorville. And he was there and we spent about 30 minutes with the members and him mm-hmm. and just be, being able to talk to him about the clubhouses and him just really uh, understanding how important those were uh, to our to our community. That was that was impactful that uh, this position gives me the opportunity to do that. Yeah, I do remember that as well. It was very nice to be able to kind of be in the whole thing. I think one of the things I remember about that day was that one of our consumers had, so at all of our county buildings, we have pictures of each one of the board of supervisors framed in each district at every single building. And the clubhouse was no exception. So uh, they were running elections for their internal board. I guess they have like a board of directors as well. And one of the clubhouse members had taken like a picture behind an American flag and had posted it right next to the board of supervisors <laughs> picture and said like, vote for me. And I thought that was so clever. Like, yeah, that, that was a, a fun and um, enlightening experience for sure. Yeah. And it, and it was a fun experience and it was a good experience just to see one of our board of supervisors um, really understanding and embracing that. Uh, but then also, you know, connecting with the members in the clubhouse mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and telling them that he, he works for them. Right. He elected the area and you could see how, what an impact that had on our members. And that yes. was just, that was just a great experience. So is there anything looking back in those 33 years that you'd change or you'd do differently or you wish the <laughs> outcomes were different? <laughs> Not a single thing. <laughs> <laughs> everything's perfect. Yeah, everything's awesome. I mean, in general, I mean, yeah, there are specific things, um, you know, I could think of, you know, and I, I think uh, through my career as a deputy director, uh, maybe less so, but uh, as a manager and different things as a program manager, there were, you know, different situations and meetings where I would leave and and I and I would th- say to myself, you know, that that's a, that's a battle I wish I, I wouldn't have picked. So, um, you know, that you, you have to really kind of, uh, you know, see what, what's really important, what's, what's really worth an argument or a stance mm-hmm. on. And I think the things that I would probably rather have done differently is maybe uh, having that uh, realization bef- instead of after I've already had that battle that it wouldn't, it wouldn't have picked it. But I don't think that there's really anything differently that I would, would do. I, I think on a certain level, being um, having come up through the department as a clinician and being a service provider, there's always been a part of me that kind of wishes, uh, you know, being um, in our department, a clinic supervisor. I, I always felt uh, for me was a very rewarding level position uh, because there was such a closeness to the delivery of services and, and the clients we see. And uh, the thing is, I moved on from a manager to deputy director. Um, you, you just get moved away from that so much. So I, I love the advice that you gave, pick your battles. If there's anything else or if there's a word of advice that you can give to the Andy who started 33 years ago or someone else who's a clinician just like yourself, who's starting out with its apartment and maybe has goals to to reach where you have in your career, which is really kind of almost like the pinnacle of, of anybody's career in, in behavioral health is, you know, to be kind of a deputy director or director level position. What advice would you give those people who are listening? 
Yeah, well, I can think of, of, of a few things, and I think that I've uh, learned and experienced from. And I think one of the very important ones is you, know, you have to come to a realization that you don't get to choose who your boss is. You, and it's, you, know, you might not even really get to choose what the job is you have. Um, now, of course, you have to choose to stay or not. That's obvious. But when you get hired in the county or you accept a promotion, a lot of times it could you go in thinking it's for one thing, and uh, within a year, it quite possibly could change. Mm. Um, so the department will have a, a operational business need that will change that. So there have been times in my career through you know, being hired and, and promoting and, and you know leaving that that uh, you know, the supervisor who, who I interviewed with and really wanted to work with didn't end up being my supervisor, right? It was somebody else. Uh, and that was, those were some good experiences, and there were probably some not-so-good experiences. And then also the job that uh, I was asked to do were ones that I didn't ask for. And I think for uh, employees and people starting out and looking to make a career that you you really have to decide that when you get a, a job or a new assignment that it, it might not be what you asked for, but what can you make of it? Right. And there was a lot of times where uh, I got assigned to a new program and that, and I tell it's a new employee orientation. I tell this story how one day I you know, came to work on Monday and this was back with typewriter or dot matrix printers <laughs> and, um, <laughs> sitting on my desk was a memo from the deputy director saying, you know, effective this date wasn't even a two week notice. <laughs> so um, <laughs> effective this date, you're to report to so-and-so wow. and you are, you know, so you're this of, for this program. Uh, it wasn't a very good feeling. Um, and it wasn't uh, a program that I wanted to do, but you know, you, you go into that and you look at the program and you see what it's about. Every time that that's happened, I've always found that there's been some really, uh, really good meaning in that program that I could really um, get on board with. And fortunately for me and my career, a lot of the things that I've done have been things the department hasn't done before. And while that can sometimes be a little anxiety provoking, because there's not a lot of guidance on how to do it, it also is very freeing. Because in the back of my mind, I would tell myself, am I doing it right? But, you know, nobody's ever done this before. So right. how, do, how would they know? Right. <laughs> so, exactly. And it, it allowed me to kind of have a little bit of creativity. So there were a lot of uh, assignments and programs that I really wasn't interested in that I got moved or put over. And then, um, you know, just learning about them and learning how they work and how fascinating they are and seeing the benefits of them. And then really trying to make it make it the best that you can possibly do uh, because it comes down to the end result is, is that we're trying to really improve the lives of our, of the people in our community right. and those who are serving. I think our people that work here are so passionate and I, lo- I love the fact that you talk about that and resilience because that's the other part about us is that I feel that pretty much everyone who works at GBH and likes what they do, you know, they do it because they love people. They want to help people and because they've been through some things too. <laughs> So, Andy, and all of that, why did you decide to leave us? What was the the breaking point? Was it Veronica, you know, giving you another deadline that you couldn't meet that you just said, that's it, I'm out of here? Well, I've met every deadline that (laughs) Dr. Kelly has has provided to me, even if she doesn't think it. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it was just that that, that one text or phone call too many on a weekend (laughs) that that came from her. Um, 
No, uh, there there were a lot of things. So I had been planning my I had been planning my retirement and uh, going through the number of years and and looking at that. And um, <clears throat> I had actually planned it um, coming up, but I will admit that that the pandemic had a lot to do with it. And uh, and truthfully, when I really kind of set the wheels in motion last year, I was really concerned about what our department's budget would look like. And I've been with the department so long, I've worked through a lot of really bad budgetary years um, and to bring the departments out of it. And I really sat down and I thought, I just don't know if I want to do that, um, particularly when I kind of envisioned that it would be at the end of my career. Now, that being said, to reassure that anybody in the department listening to this, that did not pan out. I think to a lot of people's surprises that uh, a year ago, yeah. I think we felt the, the budget was going to be a lot worse. Um, and it's really not come to fruition. I don't think anybody saw that, yeah. that our budget is sound and good. But I kind of already set the wheels in motion. It goes back to, like I said, I began working it with probation. One of the directors of Juvenile Hall way back, and I just remember something that after he had retired, we had a, a kind of a reunion with a bunch of people, dedication of um, one of the rooms to him up in Victorville for um, the Choice Program. And, and he was there and he was talking to me and some of the other people in probation who we'd worked with. And he said, you know, you really don't want to make it to, you know, 100 percent of your retirement. Hmm. That there are there is so much more out there. Um, and his words were, don't get greedy, don't get complacent, hmm. try something new. And so those words kind of rang back to me some 20 years later you know, from wow. him. And I thought, well, you know, that, that really does make sense that I, I really now have, it's, I, I should take an opportunity to not have anything planned, you know, and um, kind of just let myself have the, uh, the very fortunate ability to, to let myself direct what I want to do. Right. You know, it, it could be that I'm going to take the first three or four weeks and, you know, watch the whole Game of Thrones episodes again. <laughs> or, or it could be that uh, I go out and find something else to do. So I really don't have any set plans, and that's kind of intentional. That was going to be my question, so you, so you answered it. Yeah, well, I, that's, that's pretty exciting. I, I think it sounds great. Um, what will you miss the most about GBH and coming to work every day or telecommuting? Well, I think what I, I really uh, will miss the most is just – all of the, the different people that I work with here on the exec team and the managers out in the programs and just the interactions, kind of the camaraderie of working on these issues and problems and uh, you know, kind of planning around them. I think our department has a lot of really healthy humor mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. That's definitely, uh, I think, something I'm going to miss. I, I really enjoyed a lot of program planning and, and future policy aspects and kind of seeing perhaps where the future of this safety net behavioral health agency and the state is going and seeing what those opportunities mean to really provide some uh, great services and some uh, great coordination with other services that I think it's going to be the the next two to five years is going to be um, a pretty anxiety, uh, anxiety time, but exciting time. Yeah. 
um, because I think that there's going to be some changes that will come along. But I think that if you get out there, if we get out there in front of it, that those changes are just going to be a great benefit to what we do. Andy Grucci, thank you so much for meeting with me and speaking with me today. Thank you, Amara. And um, and uh, to those listening, thank you, everybody who's through all these years has been great to work with and supported uh, all the different things that we were doing. And, and uh, thank you very much for all of the great work that you do with each other uh, and with our consumers and in our communities. DBH Assistant Director Michael Knight shares how he practices self-care in this week's Self-Care Corner. To practice self-care, I have recently started doing woodworking and projects at home, like making stuff and building things, trying to be more creative and artistic. I bought a 3D printer and I have started making different molds of things and you know, trying to kind of find a creative outlet. My self-care routine up until recently has been just laying on the couch watching TV, like, and watching movies. I am a couch potato. I am a TV nerd and a movie buff, I guess. I like mindless activity when I'm not at work because work is hard. Like we have a lot of things going on all the time. So trying to balance all of those things is challenging. So when I am not at work or when I'm away from work and I'm trying to de-stress or, you know, stop, you know, get out of my head or whatever, I will flip on the TV and watch Family Guy for hours and that really kind of helps me kind of go uh, get out of my own head and get, you know, get away from uh, the challenges that I'm, you know, facing. I have found that practicing self-care is important just recently. This isn't, this is a very recent thing for me. Being a TV nerd and a movie nerd, I, you know, never really thought of that as self-care. It was never something that I, that I looked back on and thought I was doing that in order to, you know, replenish. I am a introvert through and through. So I am replenished when I'm alone, when I'm quiet, when things around me are quiet, but I never looked at that as self-care. I love my job. I love the, I love the puzzle. I love trying to solve issues and work through things that are seemingly, you know, seemingly impossible. So even if it is this, you know, kind of impossible task that I'm working on all day, all night, you know, know, until the wee hours of the morning and then getting up, coming back to work and starting it all over again. I never looked at that as being something that I needed to take a break from. It was always something that I enjoyed doing it. And it wasn't until recently that I found that stress was starting to impact me in like physical and mental ways. And, you know, in a way that I've never experienced in my entire life, it was a very kind of challenging and eye-opening experience for me. And I had to regroup and figure out what was necessary for me in order to practice self-care. And that 
the regiment that I had always had was not, it, it wasn't meeting my needs. You know, I, it really had to be something that was, that was mindful. I had to be in the moment of practicing self-care, not passively practicing self-care. We do a tough job. One thing that I tell all of the new hire orientations that I go to is that we are all here to do the exact same job. I do the exact same job that our clinical therapists do and that our medical director does and that our director does and that you do and you do the exact same job that, you know, the director and and my secretary and everybody else we are all here to ensure that our constituents, our clients, the people in our community can live their optimum wellness. We are all charged with that in some way, shape or form, whether you work in a direct service program or whether you're a psychiatrist, we are all charged with that in some way, shape or form. And it's critical for us to remember that because we have chosen the jobs that we are in, because we have chosen the paths that we are in, regardless of what you do in the department, regardless of your of your day-to-day activities in the department, we are all here to serve people. And that's challenging. <laughs> you give of yourself all day, every day. It's important to remember that you can't give 100% if you're not giving yourself uh, 100%. You have to be looking out for yourself and taking care of yourself. It's the old, you know, the old thing about, you know, getting on a plane, putting on your mask first before you take care of somebody else. And you absolutely have to do that. And, you know, really everybody, everybody in our department is a first responder in every way, shape and form. Everybody is giving up themselves all the time in this job and they've chosen to be here. And so just knowing that um, regardless of your job, regardless of your day-to-day task, taking care of yourself first is absolutely critical because you don't want to be like in a situation where I was getting a little bit older and then you realize, oh, wow, like this stress is, it's impacting me. I got to, I really have to do something to fix this before, you know, before it becomes a, a detriment to me. I have to readjust, you know, what I'm doing. So it's absolutely critical and I encourage everybody to Take your vacation days, take your sick time. If you're sick, if you need a mental health day, take your time away. Just be cognizant of what uh, what's impacting you, how it's impacting you and what you need in your life in order to be in the moment and be present and, and kind of get some of that weight off your shoulders. What do you do for self-care? Let us know. Send us an email at dbh-publicrelations at dbh.sbcounty.gov. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Resilient and Real. If you'd like to share your story of resiliency, please send us an email at dbh-publicrelations at dbh.sbcounty.gov. And don't forget to follow us on social media to stay updated on all things DBH. Until next time, live life resilient and real.